Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. Uber One is a membership that lets you save across Uber Eats, Uber Rides, and everything in between. Enjoy unlimited $0 delivery fees, 5% off of Eats, 5% off of rides, and if you join Uber One today, you can get your first month free. Visit uber.com slash uber1 for details. It's the final countdown. I'd sing it for you, Liam. Yeah, but no one wants to hear my voice. <laughs> Welcome to Kicked Back, everyone, presented by Uber One. Quite the intro we have for this episode. That was unplanned. Yeah. We're all natural here on Kicked Back. As Nothing here is scripted. As horrible as that was, you could definitely tell it wasn't scripted. <laughs> I'll tell you something. I've, I've done a lot of prep for this one. Yeah, good. I'm, I've come prepared. I actually did, it's funny, you can see it, Caroline, all my prep, and you may notice there is nothing under England. Good, because we're going to start with England. First, though, guys, before we get started, we have a producer on Kickback, and his name is Brett. So, producer Brett is on board, and whenever he has an opinion, or a take, or anything he wants to say, we're going to fire the mic over to him so so he can join our podcast as well. So, Brett, thanks for joining us. He's waving his head or shaking his head, <laughs> waving his hand. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore because the World Cup is a few days away and everyone's brains are as, like they're only on football. It's... Uh... It's funny. I was, I it kind of just snuck up on you, didn't like everyone. Right. Like I was, I was like, oh, I wonder when England plays. Oh, six o'clock in the morning on Monday. <laughs> so that'll be a long start to the week. But I'm excited. the The game to kick it off isn't a thriller by any yeah. means, but I think it'll be exciting for the host nation. And Ecuador is an exciting team too. But of course, just not. There's not one game in this tournament. There's lots and lots to talk about, and lots of teams to talk about, which we'll be doing all this episode opening i feel like opening day is isn't always the most glamorous game but it's the opening day so you know something extravagant yeah is gonna be planned and it's gonna happen like the euro what killed me about the euro is that little toy car that came out that delivered oh the, so- the the football that absolutely killed me and i think i i actually made a video after that saying that was the most entertaining part of the game yeah <laughs> so it happens who kicked it off i don't forget i can't remember because that was a weird one where like Nobody hosted it, right? It was yeah. like everywhere. Like England wasn't a host, but they played every single game at home besides the one they played in Rome, ironically enough. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. There was the, the one World Cup opener, South Africa. Uh, who did they play? Might have been Uruguay, actually. And it was awesome. Like the crowd was buzzing. That was, what, 2010? And yeah, just a crazy... 
crazy good thing. That we're still still working out the kings on this it's thing. It's good. It's good, Liam. You do a lot for us here at Kicked Back. Um, okay. The England roster. Well, first of all, all the rosters have been announced. 26-man roster. Exciting time. Everyone has their opinions. Mm-hmm. Guys that are going. Guys that aren't going. What are coaches doing? Or high five to coaches. Uh, one... I think team that sparked maybe I don't know if the word is controversy, but surprise is England with Gareth Southgate. And what I respect about you, Liam, is something that we were all talking about off camera <laughs> is that you are loyal to England. You are loyal and on the Southgate train and no one can convince you otherwise. And I got to respect it because at the end of the day, he could look like a genius. So you never know. I just think we doubt this guy all the time. And in these tournaments, he shows up. And I know England don't have any silverware to show. But also, I've watched many World Cups where England have bowed out in the quarterfinals. Deservedly so. Last one, they went to the semifinals. They should have beat Croatia. They just went to a Euro final. They finished third in the Nations League a couple of years ago. I know this recent run of Nations League games haven't been great. But also, who cares? Like, one of the games they lost against Hungary, they played at Molyneux, Wolverhampton. They didn't even play at Wembley. They played half the team that they... Like, they, Aaron Ramsdale was a goalie. Yeah. He was their third-choice goalie. Like, I just... There's a lot of positives about this team, and I think England fans have just been hurt so many times before that it's like, well, here we go again. Do you think the expectations are too high but because at the same time, like I could understand that maybe that might be the scenario for Southgate. But then I look on the other side of things and I'm like, the, England always has one of the most talented teams with some of the most talented players who the majority of them are playing on really good clubs with good competition. So yeah. I think the bars raise so high because of the pool that you guys have. But maybe fans need to step back and say, OK, Southgate got us, you know, t- to this point in these tournaments and he deserves some credit. I think. What frustrates people the most about Southgate is his style of football. It is not enjoyable. Like it's very, There's not a lot of fun that goes on in his games, but the point of football is winning games. True, tactics. And that's what he does. Like, And he wins tournament football, and Southgate is more than happy to win a game 1-0. Because if you win a game 1-0 or 7-0, 20-0, whatever it is, you still get three points. Yeah. And you advance, and that's the point. Like... Yes, I get it. Like, I would love to see England win every game 4-2 and just have a, like, really exciting football. But also, I just want to see them win. I want to enjoy the experience of these World Cups. And the last one was fantastic. I basically cried when they beat Colombia in the penalty shootout. The Euros was amazing. And the fact they went to the final is something I never thought I would see, which is crazy for such a big footballing nation like England. Like, the... Like, I think expectations are highest because everyone loves it so, so much. And we have such a talented team and we should be advancing in these tournaments and doing well. I don't really know what the expectations are for this tournament. I think they can win. I think the draw lines up for them pretty well again if things go kind of correctly. And yeah, like I, semifinals, I suppose, would be an achievement for I me. I think so. Like, yeah, I, I think, don't think, I think anything less. Win. I don't think anything less for England no. for two reasons. One, they have a talented squad, mm-hmm. and two, there's so much. It's it's almost like tournament after tournament. It's disappointment when they don't win that yeah. I feel like all the marbles are all the chips are in on this one, and England has to have a not only a good performance but a good result. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you, and I think they will. I think I, th- I do too, actually. It's an experienced team. Southgate is, is stuck with his guns on a lot of these guys. 
who have had success with him. So, yeah, we can, I suppose we can get into some of the yes. names on the team. So you're going to give us your your ideal starting 11 as Coach Liam. But first, I want to ask you, I have my own opinion on this. And one thing I really appreciate about coaches and specifically coaches is, is loyalty to players. Because I think this day and age, loyalty is hard to find when, in any sport, it's hard to find. Yep. And Gareth Southgate has stuck by Harry Maguire's side. I don't agree with every single thing Harry Maguire does on the pitch, but I definitely don't think he deserves all of the blame, all of the hate that he gets. Now, you know that Southgate and Maguire are buddies. These guys are like, you know, yeah, thick, of, thick as thieves. <laughs> Do you think that Southgate should t- kind of maybe take that bias aside and say, hey, this could be a guy that could expose us defensively at the World Cup? And some guy like Tamori, who's done well uh, winning the Scudetto last season with AC Milan, mm-hmm. becoming a part of the Serie A best 11 last season, is an up-and-coming player who's gaining valuable experience in, in an up-and-coming league, if we're being honest, not an easy league to compete in. He's kind of just pushed Tamori outside of that roster and, and put kind of all of his chips on someone like Harry Maguire. Do you feel confident in that? Um, I don't know if Maguire is going to play as big of a role in this team as people may think like he's definitely an interesting case and I think out of everyone on this team he's probably the least deserving of anyone to go to the World Cup like he's not playing for United when he is playing he's playing horribly um if anyone hears what's happening upstairs I have no idea what that is I think that's a little vacuum going on yeah yeah well, it's good that they clean, I suppose, of the, the Airbnb service. So Okay, but go. listen, if you're an op- if you're an opponent, wouldn't you just be like But he plays well for England. Uh, did he though the last game that he played for England? Who did they play? Germany? They played Germany. He was what the was reason it? for two goals. Uh, I would say one. Wasn't one of them a penalty? A I penalty, but then he exactly. also he, he stepped like the second yeah, one. Yeah, he or stepped the, into it. Sure, that's fair. But he was also in the team of the tournament of the Euro twenty twenty last summer. Can you look all the way back to 2020, though, and make a... I think you can for England, because it's the same system. He wasn't playing well for United then either. And, and then th- he came into the team and did really well. And I think the thing with Tamori is, yeah, I think he's probably... Him and Tammy... Not Tammy Abraham, what's the other guy called? Ivan Tony are probably the two names that are like, ah, questionable, I suppose, but I get it. I think England's weakest position is centre-back. I think that's very obvious. And um, like a big position, though. I think a position that we don't talk about how critical it is to have someone that's good in that position. That's that's um, that's um, an argument that Canada's having. They, they say that's maybe the weakest link about Canada and something that they're going to need to get sorted out come World Cup time. Can I don't know, because Harry Maguire steps out of position. Harry Maguire doesn't do his job. The whole back line is exposed. I don't think he'll play. Really? I, I think he'll play. I don't think no he'll way, like, Gareth play Southgate a lot. No way, Gareth Southgate loves him and doesn't play him. I I don't know. I don't know if he will. Like, I think there's a lot of other options. Like, John Stones, I think, is a lock. Ben White's been playing really, really well for Arsenal. Eric Dyer's had a turnaround season. Like, I, I don't know. I think we'll see Harry Maguire in this tournament, but I wouldn't be shocked at some point if he just wasn't in the starting 11. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if his name is a lock on this team. I think Gareth Southgate, yes, takes a lot of the guys that he, he likes and knows, and I think that's for more of a like a camp feel, like guys who have been there and, and achieved something before with this country. The one thing, though, about back lines on a national team, on a club team, they rarely change unless there's injury. So I don't think Harry Maguire, if he's 
not playing, he's coming in at all. Like, I feel like if he is starting, that's probably his position throughout the World Cup unless he really Fs up or really does something wrong. Maybe. I I think uh, Kyle Walker injury is going to play into it. He'll play, he'll play like right center back when they play the back three when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. They say probably the last game of the group or maybe the first game of the knockout is kind of when they see him fit. So I think that'll play into it. So perhaps we see Maguire like first game against Iran and then whoever they play second. I think it's the US. I can't remember. Um, yeah, it is the US. I don't know. I just don't. I just don't see him being like a massive talking point in this tournament. I really don't. You know what? But I hope so for Harry Maguire, unless it's for all positive things. And I don't know what he's like as a person. Sometimes I hear, I read articles saying that he's toxic in the in the locker room. I can only believe so much that you read on the internet. But I definitely don't think he deserves all the hate and all the immense pressure he has the second he steps on the pitch because English fans, oddly enough, are the ones who like tear him down. Yeah. And I don't. I don't like that because I'm like, you want this guy to perform well. You want him to be a solid player in the back line for you. And and yeah, maybe he hasn't been having the best run, but you've mentioned this, uh, Liam, that he actually performs way better for the English national team than he has for club. Way so better. he just needs to get that comp- – for him, it's a confidence thing. I think it's a, a belief thing in the manager, and I think Southgate shows that belief in him by – taking him and that's why i respect the hell out of southgate for this because he's doing the right thing as a manager for his player and you don't see that often in sports anymore that's why i'm like really rooting for harry Maguire. i'm really rooting for southgate making the right decision here with this i just also wonder on the other side of things as a fan who doesn't really no offense liam i I don't have like my heart isn't in it for england (laughs) i'm not english um i i just wonder if yeah he is going to be Someone who can get easily exposed for you. So when England played Hungary and lost 1-0, Harry Maguire played. Got a 7.5 rating. When they played Germany, Harry Maguire played. They conceded one goal. When England lost 4-0 to Hungary, Harry Maguire didn't play. Okay. He's good. He like, yeah. look at, and I know this Nations League is like, kind of is what it is. Like it's not, it's glorified friendlies at the end of the day. So teams are testing all this other stuff. But besides the Germany game, like England have actually been pretty good defensively. And that was when Maguire played in that game. He wasn't great. England probably should have won that game, but Nick Pope had the error at the end too. So, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not like that concerned about Harry Maguire as like everybody else seems to be. Tamori, yeah, I get it. He's a great football player, but I just was not surprised to see him not selected on this team. A lot of people are saying that. I would have loved to. I think he earned, I think he deserved that spot on the roster. And even Ivan Tony, I mean, how about him scoring those two goals after the World Cup <laughs> roster was announced? Yeah. Him just basically waving to Southgate, being like, hey, you left me behind. You made the wrong decision. And the guy has 11 goals, three assists in 16 games. It's not bad. Tony, Tony's... I can see why he wasn't picked. Like, I think when you look at the England team, it's like, who can play well mm-hmm. with, Harry, with Harry Kane? Like, you have to find a partner with him. I think Wilson brings a bit more pace than Tony does, and a different style which defenders all have to adjust to, to even what Harry Kane mm-hmm. brings. I think Tony and Kane have a lot of similarities in different, in different ways. Like, Tony's a, a target man, and, and like Kane can kind of be that target man too, but you also need that pace. Yeah. And... Wilson brings that, and I get it. Like, I, I would have liked to have seen Ivan Tony too. I just, I don't know. I just think for the team, like, Kane's playing every single game. As he should. As he should. Ivan Tony might have got, like, Callum Wilson might go to this tournament and literally yeah. not play. Yeah. 
Like I just like the talking points for me are just odd. Like I just don't think they're the the huge deals on this team when you actually look at the construction. Like I get the Tamori one. Like I understand the defending stuff. Like he he's going to be a part of this team for for like he what is he twenty three twenty four yeah, or something young. like he's that. Young. He's a part of the future. Like these young guys before who haven't gone to a World Cup and or Euros whatever and shown success. Like I know Trent was injured in the last one, but there was also a lot of debate going into that Euros, if he'll even be named into the yeah. team. And now he's on the team and he's going to play a big role in this. Like, we'll have, we have these talking points now. The World Cup will come. England will probably do okay and then we'll just all move on from it. I think you hit it on the nail. The reason why I'm not behind these super stacked rosters like France or Brazil, not saying that I'm not behind it. I think that they could have really good performances, but I don't see them winning at all, is because a manager has to balance how many superstars are on the team. When there are too many, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. They all think that they are playing the most instrumental role, and that's when you see things kind of going sideways. So Gareth Southgate strategically is probably making a team with his superstars and guys who can support those superstars. So that's why I'm always, I always say this, even if coaches don't have you know, the ideal roster that everyone envisioned them to have. I'm like, I've got to trust it until I'm proven wrong. I do think Southgate is entering this World Cup with a massive target on his back from English fans themselves because he has to have a good run. There are questionable decisions, Tamori and Tony being two of them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, England has one of the most talented pools in football of players to pick from. He's privy to, is that an English word? Did I just say? Privy? I believe privy. it is a privy. <laughs> I don't know I, where that came word. from. I've never <laughs> said that in my entire life. He's he's around situations that we don't know about. You know, we spoke on this, uh, spoke about this on our last show. He knows what players are like. He knows what the locker room's like. And he's making a decision based on so many factors to probably put the best 26-man roster together that would bring England a win. You can't tell me he doesn't want to have a World Cup win. He's going to yeah. put together the best 26-man roster so that he leaves being like Gareth Southgate as a World Cup champion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was Privy. Fun funnily <laughs> enough, I was just pulling up here the just some Premier League stats just out of curiosity. Big chances missed. Ivan Tony, 11, leads the league. Oh, <laughs> like, that's a nice that's, stat. That's quite funny. I, I'm not even criticizing him because he's a fantastic football player, but I was like, oh, that's quite, that's quite something right there. Yeah, I don't know. I think another question mark on this team was the selection of Calvin Phillips. <laughs> I'm all over Calvin Phillips. I think he's a fantastic football player. I think when he plays, he's one of the best players to ever put on an England shirt, to be honest. I think he's what he does is fantastic. Conor Gallagher was another one. I think the reason why he was picked is because he kind of brings a different dynamic from the midfield. Like, he'll get into the box. He'll kind of take his chances mm -hmm. from outside. I don't know if England have many guys like that. Like, Rice and Bellingham probably aren't going to do that too much. Jordan Henderson, I think he's there for more a leadership role. Yep, I agree which, with that. Which, uh, like we said, we needed... Like, Conor Cody is probably another guy. And he's actually having a really good season with Everton. So, a bit of both on that one, I suppose. But I think overall, like... Like we had, you made an Instagram post poll, right? And uh, people weren't yeah, too happy with England. Yeah, let me read it to you guys. Let me read it to you guys. So I did a poll this morning on Instagram, and I asked, "Did Southgate make the right decision with the roster?" Thirteen percent so far have said yes. We got to trust his decision. Twenty-five percent have said super questionable. Forty percent have said no way. England is doomed, <laughs> and twenty-two percent say in Maguire we trust. Hell yeah. 
I, I'm I'm the 22. I made all those votes. I, <laughs> I think that because I know a lot of people are saying that the midfield isn't too strong. Um, we'll see who plays and who starts. But Jude Bellingham to me is a guy you know who's a star player. Jordan Henderson, you need a leadership guy. Yeah. That that is one of the most important parts of a team. Gattuso, when he played for AC Milan, wasn't the, the star player, but he was a leadership guy who got the job done. You're going to need someone in that team to do that. And then you look at your forwards. This is like low-key stacked. Harry yeah. Kane, Foden, Saka. Like, Saka's <laughs> a guy that, you know, could silently become like a, a leading goal scorer if, if England goes far. Well, he was named... England's best player last season. I mean, like, and like kind of came out and like for a team with like guys like Foden and Kane and you know, there's so many other like Jude, even Jude Bellingham to an extent. Like, yeah, for Saka to get it, I think just shows how much credit he deserves. But yeah, like it's a talented team, and that's why I just like I don't understand it. Like, was Tamori really gonna make that big of an impact on this team? Was James Ward Prowse? Was Ivan Tony? Was Tammy Abraham? Like, I just don't know. If adding like one or two players was really going to change England's expectations for this World Cup, we have to see how Southgate comes out in the World Cup. But if Harry Maguire's not in form, if Harry yeah. Maguire can't turn around his season into the World Cup, Tamori would have been the guy to like replace him, and that's where that's where I I'm I'm like Harry Maguire needs to Southgate's had his back now. Harry Maguire needs to step the f up for mm -hmm. Southgate Definitely. big time. Definitely. If and he I, starts, if he plays. I don't think Southgate would jeopardize the tournament off the back of defending Harry Maguire. If he's not playing well, he won't play him. I just, he's not an idiot. Like, I just don't, I just don't see Southgate doing something negative to try and get a positive. Yeah. In like a big, and I know kind of that's kind of contradicts the addition of Maguire because it is a bit of a negative, but I think it'll be fine. Like, I think Maguire's, like, we, we've mentioned it on the show, I'm pretty sure, just, like, kind of getting out the spotlight a little bit. He hasn't, well, he's literally got out of it because he just isn't playing. He was injured, too, to his defense. So, I think he'll be okay. Should I give my ideal I want 11? your starting 11. Okay. So, Jordan Pickford in goal. I love that, and I, I was... Obviously, Jordan Pickford's yeah. going to the World Cup, but yeah. it made me smile for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he's never done anything wrong in an England shirt to lose his job. Everton is a different story. Okay, so the England will play like a 5-3-3. Three, three. Okay. What is that? 5-2-3. Oh, five, is that how many play? Yeah. Cause, so they'll play like two wing backs. Quick math. I couldn't figure it in my head. <laughs> so the back three, I, this is kind of like, I guess I'll do it for the first game because okay. Kyle Walker won't play, but I think Kyle Walker will be on the right side of that trio. Okay. I think for the first game, it'll be Stones, Dyer, and I think it will be Maguire. I think so. I don't I th think he doesn't start. I think that's the first three. I think when Kyle Walker gets back, he could lose his job, depending Harry? on how things go. Harry? Yeah. Harry. Harry. <laughs> right wing back, Kieran Trippier. Arguably the best right wing back in the world right now. Been unbelievable this season for Newcastle. My tunes. Um... <laughs> Left back or left wing back, Luke Shaw, mostly because we only took one. So listen, though, if if he keeps playing like those passes, like he had, I believe against Germany. Uh, yeah. Oh my. Give goodness. Luke Shaw the ball every single minute of the game and inject it into my veins. See, here's my thing. This is why I believe in Southgate. Luke Shaw is horrendous for Manchester United, but somehow he's like the best left back in the world for England. I do not get it. Either way, where am I up to? My midfielders. 
It'll be Bellingham and Rice to start. I don't think that's in doubt at all. When Calvin Phillips comes in, I'm curious to see how they play around with that a little bit. But to start with Rice and Bellingham. The wingers. Now, this is where it kind of gets fun. So, obviously, Harry Kane's a striker. Obviously. That's your middle guy. Oh, he's not at a center back? No. Although, he probably would do well there, too. He could play anywhere. Put him in goal. Honestly. Okay. So, this, I think this is where um, Southgate has the biggest decision to make. Because there's so much. I think Sterling will start. I don't think he should. I think he will. Okay. But I'm going to go in my ideal 11. I'm going to go Saka and Foden as my wingers. I love that. And that's how I'll roll. But I think Sterling will probably start. But that's how I would kind of do it. I pray to God Saka gets heavy minutes at this World Cup. I actually think it'll be Foden that comes out of the team for Sterling over Saka. He's so good. Yeah. Well, there's so much. Like, I haven't even mentioned Marcus Rashford, Jack yeah. Grealish, like Mason Mounts on this team, James Madison, who's probably the most informed Englishman in the world, and he's just—I haven't even spoke about him yet. There's—I don't know—it's a talented team. There's there's a lot going on. Obviously, I get it. England wants to win. There's everyone wants a perfect team. I think he's fine. I think he's a very good team. I do too. I'm not, I'm not um rooting against England and the only thing I question is is their center backs and that's you know respectfully I could be proven wrong I also think like I've said many times the World Cup's a completely different ball game mm-hmm. you could have someone who's had a terrible season or an amazing season and it look completely different in Qatar right so we'll see what happens but this to me is a balanced squad full of talent and I think absolute potential and one thing I like about Jordan Pickford is typically England is sus in net and I think you guys have talented goalkeepers here that will get the job for you done in between the pipes I'm, I know that's a hockey <laughs> saying but we're going to say that here on a football show I think, so yeah I'm with you it's balance. home it's, it's all about balance <laughs> hey it has to be balanced because now we move on to Brazil we'll move on to the Brazil World Cup roster and this is the most stacked team at the World Cup and you can't even it's so stacked that Firmino didn't make the cut yeah there was I put that in my thing too is like yeah like Firmino one of the most informed Brazilians just like didn't make this team honestly and I'm sad because I think that he deserves it with this turnaround season almost that he's had with Liverpool I was really rooting for him and also listen like this is insane he has more Premier League goals than Jesus Martinelli Richarlson and Anthony this season yeah so I'm like mind blowing (laughs) it's mind blowing that he's not there it's and the thing is, too, I believe he had, like, six or seven goals in qualifying. I can't remember. Like, he, he scored quite a few goals in the qualifying for them. There's got to be some juice in there that we don't know about. Like, some maybe some drama or something, because it doesn't make sense. I'm sad for him. Well, I think what it is, is Richarlison and Jesus just kind of fit the pace that Brazil want to play with. Like, Richarlison's a starting striker for yep. this team, like the number nine, which is interesting, because he's not even the starter on... Tottenham but I get it like he's a great football player but like you said like this team is unreal it's it's actually disgusting how unreal they are Rafinha Vinny Jr. Rodrigo Martinelli Anthony Bruno Gimares Allison Allison not even Allison Edison's the back honestly (laughs) like look at honestly this team is is jam-packed from a starting to 11 from a starting 11 to an entire depth perspective but this is the question I have about this Brazil team with so many big names. How do you tailor to every single player and how do they mesh as a team? I don't really give a shit if you have Vinny Jr. and Neymar and Casemiro and, and, and Fabinho and Fred and all of these guys, if they don't play like a team, which they absolutely could. But if they don't, 
talent, that much talent on a team at the end of the day doesn't matter. They need to mesh well and they need to have as much as the superstars matter, the, the supporting cast around them matters too. But yeah. this is a team to me, like when you look at them on paper, any team going into that game is effing intimidated. Oh, yeah. Like, you go into that game being like, holy shit, this might be one of the hardest games of my life. Also, shitting yourself low-key because you're playing against probably every big player in the world in one game. Yeah. Uh, I think the only flaw I have for this team is the fullbacks. A lot of people are saying that, and yeah. And that's like, <laughs> I mean, they took Danny Alves, who's, what is he, 38? Which I, I love. Pepe also made a World Cup team for Portugal. <laughs> Danny Alves, 39. Whew. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I don't even know how much Danny Alves is really gonna play. Like they have Alex Sandros plays left back for them. Alex Telez, former Manchester United player, plays left back. Danilio for Juventus is probably the starting right back for them. That's probably the only point you can expose him, I suppose. Like Marquinhos is a good centre back from PSG. Thiago Silva seems to just like never age. And even if you get past that back line, like you said, you have to bump into Allison, who's arguably the best goalie in the world. So, I know. I don't know. Like it's it's so difficult to say. Like I'm kind of with you. There's a lot there. It How is. How are they going to mesh? They have played well as a team recently. I believe they've won like their last seven in a row or something like that. I think the last game they lost might have even been the Copa America final. Which is what? Because Argentina is also on this. I think 35. it's thirty-five game yeah. unbeaten streak, and Brazil's going into the tournament with momentum. But sometimes, as amazing as those stats are. That worries me because we were just saying on off camera, for me personally, peaking at the right time is the key in these tournaments and these teams that are, have been undefeated and unbeaten. How do you find that that next level when you're already up here while other teams are consistently progressing to that next level it becomes difficult for them. Yeah. But I also say that and they absolutely could prove me wrong because I look at that roster and again, like I said, this is a lethal in all caps lethal team. I think um, one thing that's going to benefit Brazil quite well at this World Cup, where one th- like they have a they have a really pretty tough group. Yeah, yeah. Like Switzerland are good. They only got knocked out of the Euros on penalties by Spain, and they knocked out France. Like they're not to be underestimated. Serbia's basically hitting their golden generation of players now. Like they're a team, I think yeah. in Europe. Well, they finished top of that group Mitrovic, over Portugal. Right? Mitrovic, Luka Jovic. Um, what's the guy on? Uh, Lazio called Savic Malik uh, Malikio Sav- yeah Malikovic Savic yes through- that's right he's so good he is so good he's I forgot about like him like every single top European team every year and somehow just stays at Lazio every single year uh, he's un- he's unreal uh, there's just a lot going- and Cameroon too like to their credit they have a pretty good team as well like I think was made them this dark horse I love that for the World yeah. Cup which is Hilarious considering the group they're in. I don't know if they'll get out of that, but they're. You never know. Oh, I I don't know that. They, I mean, def, I mean, hundred percent. Like anything can happen, but man, that is a tough group for them to predict to come um, out of. Brett, who was it on your on the SLP podcast, Matthew, who said that anything can happen at these at these tournaments? Exactly. Yeah, it was Matthew. Anything can happen, and like you said, you got to peak at the right time. You got to play like a team too. And that's what I, I see a lot of uh, out of a lot of these teams. And again, it comes down to coaching too, right? So. 100. 100. And I always think about whenever anyone's like, oh, it's impossible. I think about two scenarios. And I know this is the Euro Cup, but Greece winning the Euro. And no one and their moms had predicted that. And then also Iceland having that really solid run at the Euro. No one ever, they, they were coming 
out about Iceland players that that was their part-time job to be on that football team and they're like their other part-time job was an actual job yeah so they had to balance that so I just always think that in these tournaments the craziest stuff can happen and some of the big teams find themselves exiting there's the curse too yeah and I'm doing my predictions right now again because I did them last night and I forgot to save them. Tell me, tell me, Liam, how far do you have Brazil going? Because you don't, you have England winning. So who are who's Brazil losing to in your uh, semifinals? So Argentina, yeah, same, yeah. But man, you could just do a coin flip. You, if you did a coin flip ten times, it'd probably land five five. How sick <laughs> like, would it be to have a Copa America rematch? Uh, it would be awesome. It would be really cool, and it's it's. It's kind of like we spoke about our Champions League stuff. Like, it's fun to see the best on best. But you almost would wish it was, like, a bit of a final, too, that it was more at stake. But that would be unreal. No, I want Argentina-Portugal final. Give me that severely chaotic, monumental, iconic game of my life. Nothing would ever top that moment. I think in sports history, you've got the two greatest players of all time taking on each other in their Uh last ever World Cup. I don't, Messi fans yeah. and Ronaldo fans would go wild. I'm super torn on Portugal. Yeah, okay. So Should we just talk about them? First right of all, I, I do want to say oh. that I think Neymar will win the golden boot. I want to put right. put that out there. Right now, 20 appearances this season, 15 goals, 12 assists. This is nuts. Then you put him with guys like Casemiro, Fabinho, uh, Fred, and amongst others, because you look at their roster and they're so incredibly stacked. But I think Neymar has the potential to make this his tournament like I think that this World Cup in Qatar could end and the only thing we talk about is Neymar because of how incredible his performance was um so I'm really looking forward to seeing him kind of find that next level Mm -hmm. because his name's been kind of quiet and we know that he had that window of time with injury but I do think that he's coming back that old Neymar we love is here and he's been doing really well with PSG so I want to see him I'd love to see him win a World Cup, but I'd really love to see him have like a stellar individual performance that kind of puts respect back on his name amongst all the fans, not just Brazilian football fans. I think he's gaining it back in quite a significant way after what we all saw when Brazil hosted the World Cup. Like it just wasn't a good look for him at all. Oh, I, I know. But that was like a young, immature Neymar, I feel like. And now we're getting a bit more of like a mature Neymar, to yeah. be honest. And now if he does well at this World Cup, like he's got to be... I, favorite for the Ballon d'Or, right? Oh. Like right now, it's probably him, Messi, and Haaland are the best three players in the world for the, in the front running for that. I mean, Haaland is what he is by the end of the day. He scores goals. Oh, he stole sing, my... Haaland stole my heart. Play. Yeah. Did you see actually, apparently, City are trying to find somewhere for him to play while the World Cup is going on? Like sending him on loan to like some like non-league team or something uh, like that. I, there's like a, there's this place called Ashton, which is actually where my granddad lives, right by there. And they put out a statement like, yes, we have approached Manchester City on trying to acquire Neymar. Oh yeah, uh, did he go? <laughs> this is so funny. And you, I saw Pep come out with a quote and I'm, you know, this isn't the exact quote, but he was like, Holland needs to stay busy and lay off the carbs or, or like eat properly or something like, you know, that Pep somewhere in his head's like worried that this guy's not going to stay in form yeah. because he's become, you know, their main source of everything That's good at so the club. Funny. That is so Did funny. Did that just happen? Uh, yeah. 10.40 a.m. our time, so... 10.40? 24 minutes. Oh, so... There oh, there you go. I love that. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Up the Ashton. Um, okay, yeah, let's go into Portugal. For me, 
Um, I know a lot of people have Portugal flopping. I know that their coach is a large reason as to why people don't think Portugal is going to do well. But to me, they have the most well-balanced roster at the entire World Cup. Like from the back to the middle to the top of the pitch, they are sneaky good. And I mean, you just look at their roster, Alison Cancelo, uh, Bernardo Silva, Leao, like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's crazy. I just don't believe in them. I don't know what it is. It just sometimes. Sorry, I didn't mean Allison. I meant um, Costa. Yeah, I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the people online don't. Yeah, yeah. So I better make sure that it's cleared up. Um, I just, do you know what? I don't know what it is about them. I just don't have that feeling. Like, I kind of had a similar feeling about Germany going into the Euros last time. And they got knocked out with England. That's my what, like quarterfinals, whatever it was. Um I just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it seems to be a lot of question marks around them with the manager. Yep. Diego Jota's not going. This whole Ronaldo thing that's come out now. Like, how's that going to go over with Bernardo? It's true. uh, uh, Not Bernardo. What's his name? Well, Bernardo Silva. I'm sure you didn't mind it. Uh, Bernardo, Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Bruno, though, to me, gives me such drama. Bruno Fernandes wants to be the main character all the time. And sometimes I see these situations with him and how he interacts off the camera or how he called out one of his teammates, uh, Garancho, I believe, like saying, oh, yeah, like he doesn't work as hard as he should. Like, I don't know how I feel about Bruno Fernandes. And I don't even like all of his antics on the field. So I think that there are dramatic pieces mm-hmm. in this Portuguese team that could be the reason why they falter at the World Cup. I am i don't mind Bruno. I kind of thought that way about him too in the past. And I listened to an interview with him and he kind of explained himself. And I guess once he like, so like he always does this thing, right? With his hands and like waving it's at guys much, across man. the field. And apparently like, he says, oh, I talk to my teammates about, like, why I do that. And they know it's not, like, it's not, like, a negative thing. It's just, like, it, he says sometimes, like, you're so far away from someone, you kind of just got to do something with emotion. And he'll, like, talk to the players after, or, like, beforehand and, like, explains himself. He had a really good speech the other day in his post game, which was unprecedented. He just said it about, like, everything that's going on with guitar off the field, which I think was great to see. The, uh, the Ganacho thing was interesting i don't know if that was but i think ten hog was the one who brought that up first he did but leave it to the manager don't you agree like i feel like a manager can criticize your teammate i don't know i just i I think there's a lot going on at the united right now that isn't even a brutal discussion i guess like he just seems like such a minuscule part in all of this (laughs) yeah what do you think about ronaldo dropping his interview with piers morgan because this is what we're obviously hinting at i am I think some parts of it were fair. Like, obviously, his family stuff is very understandable. Like, I don't even really want to get into that part of it because I don't know enough about it right. to comment. Yep. I think he was interesting, to say the least. He'd built this up for a while, and then it kind of, like, went away. Yeah. I don't know. I think the approach of it was interesting. He criticized, what was it, Neville and Rooney. It's like, well... They're paid to be critical. Like, I just don't know what they expect from him. I don't know exactly what the comments they made. I thought the comments he made on Rooney about him playing, like, oh, he's like, oh I'm in better shape than him, were, like, a little unfair. Like, Rooney had injuries and stuff like that, which kind of ended his career a little earlier. Ronaldo and Rooney obviously have a lot of history after Ronaldo essentially got him sent off in the 2004 Euros and did the wink and everything like that. Like, 
I don't think Ronaldo is innocent in any of this. I don't think United's innocent in any of this. I think there's just a lot going on there. But for a guy that gets paid four hundred thousand pounds, uh, four hundred thousand grand a week, whatever it is, I don't know. He should probably behave a little better too. Like I think there's just, I think all of it's just stupid. We need to have an episode alone. I want to. What I want to do because I've had my opinions online, but to bring it on the podcast, it's almost like let's watch the Piers Morgan entire. Did it hasn't come out? It comes fully out yet, when right? so tomorrow and Thursday, and okay. then I'll have a complete opinion on everything. But you guys know Cristiano Ronaldo is my boy. I re- I appreciate when people have the balls to stand up to the big bad clubs and the big bad companies of the world and speak their truth. And for freaking 50 hours long, Manchester United fans were complaining about the Glazers. And now this guy's trying to expose the Glazers and now they're like, oh my God, Ronaldo's the worst. So I do think it's a messy situation. I think that the timing of him dropping this at before the World Cup is two things. One, iconic. And two, <laughs> it could be end up working in his favor or it could not. I think Ronaldo's used to the limelight and the good critics and the bad critics, but I wonder how that's going to impact his teammates who may be a little younger. Um, but it's, I, I respect, I respect Ronaldo. And I think that, like he said, there's a lot more that happens behind the scenes that people don't know about. He's also not the first guy to say some bad shit about United. Ibrahimovic said it. Mourinho said it. I think he's the first guy to have an interview about it and kind of really let people in on it. Do I think everything he says and do I think everything he does is the right way to do it or say it? No, I don't. I think that the guy's an emotional man and sometimes things can be said and done differently. But at the end of the day, my, Mike always tells me, my husband always tells me, if you speak your truth, you put your, your head on your pillow at night and sleep peacefully. So he should be doing that. Yeah. I don't want to get into it, to be honest. Like, I just don't know enough about it. Yeah, we got to watch the interview. I think he was, I, I don't think it was the right thing to do. Really? Piers Morgan is such like a controversial person to talk to in England. Like, I think it was calculated to use Piers Morgan. I think so too. I think he wants to go to Arsenal and Piers Morgan's an Arsenal fan. I, I don't know. I just know about it. Like the Glazer thing, like I think there's a lot of positives going on on the field on United. Like there's some of the stuff I agreed with, like a club that big should have upgraded things. Like he said, what did he say? He called out the chef. Come on, man. The chef. Which he he did say he loved. He said that he loves that show. Yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. It just feels like, I don't know. I don't even know what the answer is. It's a lot going on at United. I don't think he's ever going to play for them again. I think a lot of the guys who said stuff at United weren't at United anymore, which makes a bit of a difference. Like, he's an employee of the team. They they sign his paychecks every week. Like, he should... I don't know. He walked off the field and then he was named the captain. Like, it's just such a confusing situation. Like, we're never going to get the full truth because Ronaldo's going to have his side and Ten Hag's going to have his side and the answer's going to be somewhere in the middle. Which both sides are entitled to their to their opinion and, and how they feel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, sometimes the way I see it is these clubs don't give a shit about their players at the end of the day. They care about money and they care about success. And if it came to writing off one of these players, they'd have no problem doing it. I want to know about the situation about when Ronaldo didn't go to preseason, because if that's true, then I really don't care about United and how they feel because that to me is on a human level. The management of that club should support anyone. If it's the number one player in the world or a guy that barely made the team. So these are things that I always think about, like, People only consider 
um, when the footballer or the athlete does something wrong. But sometimes, you know, these big corporations, these big clubs aren't always right. And I just think Ronaldo called him out and now he's getting fined. (laughs) Didn't Ten Hag say like he wouldn't comment on it in the media is like, He's away from the team for like fa- for like personal reasons, and we like respect that, and we don't want. We well, obviously, that's what they're going to say to media. But I wonder if there is more going on behind scenes. I don't think we'll ever know. We'll, have, well, okay, let's move on. The one thing I will say is the timing of this is unfortunate in the sense that this is what we're talking about in terms of Portugal before the World Cup. Instead of maybe the biggest news being like, oh my God, look at their superstars and the veterans they've brought in and all their young talent like Rafael Leao um, and how they're like a really well-balanced team who have the potential to do something special. It's kind of drowned out by this interview with Piers Morgan. I will say that. Makes me feel like it's more about Ronaldo too then. If he's going to like the biggest event in the world and he drops an interview the week before it starts. We got two sides here, folks. Depends on what side you're on, guys. Um, Anything else you want to say about Portugal? Um, I think they'll lose in the quarterfinals. Which, okay, who who are they? To Brazil. Yeah, I mean, I think quarterfinals, to me, is I would still consider a good run. I think they have the potential, though, to have a great run. I'm not saying that they could beat Brazil, but I think the way that their team is built with the players that they have... If this coach Fs this opportunity up, I think it'll go down as the biggest flop of the tournament because of the guys on their roster. Yeah. So if they were to finish first in the group, they would play the second place team in Brazil's group, which would be Switzerland, Serbia, or Cameroon. Which Which I have probably Serbia going through. But Which again wouldn't be they don't have an easy No, it's the what do they play? Uruguay, Ghana, and South Korea. Which is tough, tough group. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Tina, my World Cup winners. Go ahead, Messi. Do the damn thing in your last ever World Cup. Here we go. Uh, 
This would be if Argentina would win the win this World Cup. It would be their third World Cup win ever. Uh, like I've said many times on this show, they won the Copa America in 2021. This ended a 28-year national trophy drought for Argentina. They're adapting to their new coach, Scaloni, who came in uh, into that managerial position. I think that this team likes their manager, which is an important piece to the puzzle. And I think one of the big things with this Argentina team that maybe they haven't had in the past is they have momentum on their side. We talked about that on beaten streak. Uh, I think that sometimes that's a blessing and a curse. They have that momentum, but Mm. I hope they don't go into this like losing slump because they've been winning so much. And now all of a sudden they have to adjust with the pressure of Qatar and the time change and just the moment of the world cup. But Critical players that I thought that were going to be injured and potentially miss out on the World Cup are back in the roster. Dybala, Di Maria, you add these guys, and I think that um, Argentina is a team that can absolutely put this away. Yeah, they, they're kind of like Brazil, where it's like, who don't they have? Honestly, <laughs> like, I know. They have everything, and like it feels like that team is a little bit more rounded than Brazil's is. I think they're probably the favorite coming into this. I don't even know what the odds are, to be honest. But I'm, I'm assuming it's them and Brazil are right up there and probably France. But they have a fantastic team. They've The thing in this streak is too, and this is... Italy had a similar thing when they went into the Euros last year. And they obviously won, unfortunately. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> they're actually... like They're winning good... Being good teams. Like, they agree. beat Italy. Only uh, in that, like, uh, what are they calling it? UEFA Cup of Champions. So it was kind of like a, a respect thing for Maradona as well yep. after he played Napoli and he's obviously from Argentina. So I'm excited. They actually play tomorrow against UAE. So we'll get like a little glimpse of what they're all about. Eight, half past eight in the morning for us. So that'll be nice. Not too bad. And then, yeah, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Poland relatively easy group. I don't think Mexico are as great as they've been in the past. Saudi Arabia aren't very good. Poland will be the biggest challenge. It's okay. You can say that you don't think Poland. No, I, I won't I, be mad at you. I, I think Poland's the second best team in this group. Yeah, I, I pray. Through. I just think that, I mean, every year I feel like Poland's the one team. It's like, yeah, they got a lot of good This players. is the year <laughs> Poland's going to get out of the group and you're like, wow, we've scored one goal and it's the end of the group stages. Yeah. <laughs> I, they just, like the forwards they have, like, holy moly. Let's pull it up here. Messi, Di Maria, uh, Martinez, Alvarez from City, uh, De, Paulo Dybala, and in the midfield, like, DePaul is so good. Pardes from Juventus is great. Martinez on United, Romero, Tottenham. It's just endless guys. Like, Martinez in goal for Aston Villa, from Aston Villa, is a really good goalie too. And he's kind of been such a huge piece for yeah. them because they feel like they've always just missed a goalie. Like, the, the, what do they have there? Sergio Romero, that was his name, right? Yeah, like he went to the World Cup with him and he was fine. But then also just went and sat on the bench for Manchester United for like five years. So it yeah. just kind of showed the level he truly was. So I think they're a great team. They, I think they'll lose to England in the final. Ooh. Um, you really think? I don't know if I really think. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask, but it's okay. Let your, let your you know, where you're from show through. It's yeah. Good. You got to have that faith. I hope. I hope they lose to England in the final. That'd be a sick game, Liam. It would be sick. Harry McCain. Harry McCain. Harry, <laughs> Harry, Yo, imagine that player. Yeah. Harry Maguire versus Leo Messi. Bring it on. Oh, my God. <laughs> Harry McCain versus Cristiano Messi. Can you imagine those guys on the pitch? Uh, 
yeah, that'd be crazy. But I think what I'm most excited about this Argentina team, it's the most depth we've seen from them in a long time. And I think they're feeling it. They're a group that seems very... Like, we talk about Canada having a brotherhood. I get that feel from Argentina, and I think Messi is that integral piece for Argentina that's bringing everyone together, that's making everyone believe. Of course, he wants to win this World Cup and add that to his achievements and his accolades, but I also think what's special about Messi is that he wants it for everybody, and he's a guy that's going to really play hard for everybody. So that's my special piece in this whole Argentina puzzle, is that Messi's going to be able to do something, and as last ever World Cup in the later years of his career and find another level. And I think that when we witness that, it's going to be one of the most special moments in football. Well, yeah, he's coming into this thing in perfect form. Like it really couldn't be any better for him in Argentina. And this team as a whole... I mean, they're going to be tough, tough to so stop. Excited. And tough, I like their jerseys. I really like yeah, their jerseys. They got some good colors. So actually... The way I have my draw going, and I think we'll do a prediction show, I think, at the end Friday, of the week, yeah. right? So a little teaser. They knock out France in my prediction pool. Uh, sorry, and when would that be? That would be the last 16, the round of 16. They have a tough, tough well, run on me. I won't tease it all, just a little bit. Let's move on to France back. because hot take, this is my team to flop at the World Cup. Yeah, I'm kind of with that too. I don't know. Like, there, it's funny because I, I think that, and I look at the team. I was like, "Wow, that's that's guy's really good. That guy's really good." So I was like, "Oh wow, this whole team, this is whole team stacked. is stacked." <laughs> this is exactly what I have in my notes. I'm like, again, there's whole roster stacked, and similar to how I feel about Brazil, too many superstars. But there's one thing that sets them apart for me from Brazil. I don't think Brazil has drama like France could potentially have. And there's two people in particular, Mbappe and Rabiot, two big personalities Mm -hmm. um, that I just wonder what that's going to look like. And I could be very wrong. And I say that respectfully. This is just, you know, I'm like my gut feeling there needs to be peace within the team. That's also another thing that could be something that you could consider negative around Portugal with all the drama that's happening there. But I don't know. This is a team. Like, think about the the players. Nkunku, Giroud, Mbappe, Kamavinga, Chuameni, Mende, Varane, Benzema, Griezmann. These are all big names in the sport. How do you tailor to every single one of them? How do they look like a team? Maybe they will. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. The the forward group is incredible, to be honest. Just But yeah, like, there's so many guys there. They're missing Pogba and Conte, which were like the heart and soul of that team that won uh, four years ago that's going to be so difficult to replace. Like, yeah. I don't care how good Chiuameni and Kamavinga are. They're not experienced yet. This World Cup will help them a lot, but it'll be curious to see how much they're relied upon by this team to, to have, have success. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it's going to be tough. They're also playing against Denmark, who are one of oh, the right. most informed teams in Europe right now and could be a sneaky contender to win this whole thing. Agreed. They also didn't have a great run in the Nations League, kind of similar to England, I suppose. I don't know. Like, Varane is, an, is probably going to miss a first game, too, which exposes them a little bit more at the back. There just seems to be a lot of missing guys in this team. Like, a lot of guys, like, we spoke about England guys who could have been there, but they're not missing, like, they're missing Reese James, I suppose that's the biggest name, but, like, they're missing, like, core pieces to yep. their team and that's got to affect them in one way or another also Hugo Lloris only four caps away from being the most f- capped French player ever nice so hopefully he gets that 
Well, I'll get it when they lose to Argentina in around the 16. <laughs> I love it. Um, I I do think France has a tough... I don't think Australia is that... that they're not as good as they've been, but they, they're okay, yeah. I don't think necessarily a team you can just... Um, I don't know, scratch off. They're, they're a team that I'm like, oh, maybe they give us an unpredictable moment. Perhaps, yeah. I feel like they've they've probably got that in them a little bit. They, the, uh, what do they call them? The Socceroos. They, they have, <laughs> what they have is like, they're a fun team to watch. I don't know if you guys watch in the qualifiers, but they actually um, beat out per, Peru in yeah. penalty kicks. And then their substitute goalie was in net. Right. His name was Andrew Redmayne. And he was doing, I don't know if you saw, but <laughs> yeah. he was in net for that last penalty kick that Peru was taking. And he kind of looked like Dudek. You know how Dudek was always <laughs> so famous for like yeah. jumping around on his line. So he was doing that. Saved the penalty and then on his way out from the net he saw the peruvian goalkeeper's water bottle and it had all the penalty oh, yeah. kick like stats and like notes yeah uh and he threw it into the stand so the so the peruvian goalkeeper <laughs> couldn't look at it and when i saw that i'm like i love watching teams and players like this because they give us that entertainment to this tournament that we are all dying for mm -hmm. and i wonder if little moments like that big moments where maybe a big save for a goalkeeper or a moment from a player kind of sparks this team a little bit yeah yeah definitely i mean when australia went to the world cup the last couple of times i think they, they performed well i'm sure they had a big win against someone i can't remember off the top of my head I think France and Denmark might be a bit too much. For them to handle? Yeah. like For 90 minutes. Yeah. I agree. I think, and that's why I think France will get out of this group. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, like Tunisia, I don't think there'll be any threat at all. They're not, they're not a very exciting team to watch. If there's a team in this tournament I will not be watching, it's probably Tunisia, to be honest. They're just so boring. I think they only scored like five goals in qualifying and conceded like Who's two. Who's this? Tunisia? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. They actually, Bolton used to have a player from Tunisia, Radi Jahidi. Nice. I remember once I went to... You kill me with your Bolton stats. <laughs> the, uh, the Bolton stats here are, like, iconic from Liam. I went to... Um, I actually went to watch Bolton versus Arsenal at Highbury. The year Highbury... The last year Highbury was going uh, going on, and Radi Jahidi scored a, scored a header right in front of me. It was, it was awesome. That is awesome. And Bolton's baby blue kits. <laughs> Your memory. <laughs> this is you're the number one Bolton fan. I'm pretty sure. It, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe in Canada. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm up there. My dad might be number one, perhaps. So <laughs> the World Cup curse is that the team who won last World Cup doesn't get out of the group stage. Yes. So you think France is going to break that? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Like I think some of the ones. Imagine them lose to Tunisia. Ah, uh, let me like the because Germany was the last one, right? Yeah, and they didn't make it out. That was a. I mean, they can only go up from their last World Cup in this World Cup. Yeah, they can only get better. Let me see if I can pull. That. I think they had a relatively tougher group. Like the thing. Like I thought about that too when I was making my predictions. But I thought I just looked at the group. I was like. Australia won't do much against them in Tunisia. Bore. Like the group that group F was so Sweden, Mexico, South Korea, and Germany. That was yeah. a tough group for them. I just, that's the thing. I just I just don't expect much from yeah. Tunisia. I and guess. one thing I'll say about France is, as much as Mbappe's like creates noise outside of the pitch, I do think he's effing phenomenal oh, he's so i think good. he's an unreal footballer and we're seeing him do some crazy stuff with psg he's linking up really well with neymar and messi and i also think he has a good team around him to help him do that at the world cup this could be a guy who also could be up for the golden boot easily oh, yeah. so you know I, I say 
France is my flop because you always have to have a hot take pick. I'm not going to pick the best teams all the time to do the best things. That's just, you know, a team that I'm like, ah, I don't have that much confidence in them. And I don't even think they had a solid run in the Nations League campaign either. France? Yeah. No, they 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 lost. To, they finished third in a group yeah. only above uh, Austria. So we'll see. So. Also, Drew's another guy. This guy carries AC Milan on his back. Did he you is- see the quote Van Dyke did about him? No. What did he so say? So Van Dyke was doing an interview with yes, Gary said Neville, this, yeah. and he was he was like, "Who's the toughest player? Or like, who's something along the lines of like, who's the hardest player you've ever had to play against?" He's like, "Oh, it's Giroud." He's like, every time I played against that guy, he like would score the craziest goals against me, and he was like, he was said he was ridiculous. Dude, he's so good, and he's old. I mean, old for a footballer. He's thirty six or something like that. So, yeah. it, it's crazy because you know this is the cliche saying, but they age like fine wine. That's completely true to Drew, and he shows up. He's a big player who shows up to big moments. That's one of his claim to fame. I could be completely wrong about this France take that I have, but we'll see. The um. So Giroud and Stephen Mandanda, I believe his name is, are the first two 36-year-olds to be ever named in this, either the same World Cup squad or the same France World Cup Damn. squad. So they're, they're, they're old. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes it's, age is just a number, as we can tell, as we see with Messi right now. My God. Yeah. This guy's killing it. Okay, last two teams. Let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Germany for me, uh, yeah, as uh, Brett just put up on our screen, Bayern Munich 2.0. <laughs> Their entire roster is Bayern Munich, which is not a bad thing. They're pretty like, good. They're, I mean, Bayern Munich, I don't know if you've heard about them, but... Uh, Familiar with the world. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've uh, won a couple game in something that called the Champions League a couple times. I'm yeah. not sure. The uh, the biggest notable admission for me was Mats Hummels. Okay. I know he hasn't played since Euro 2022, but also he's having a pretty good season for Dortmund. Um, I don't know. This is an interesting Germany squad. There's a lot, a lot of good players like Kimmich in midfield. Oh, I love Kimmich. Yeah, Goretzka is a great player. Um, what's that seventeen-year-old they got to? Uh, Mukoku, I believe his name yeah. is. Seventeen years old. Holy moly! Um, but then you look at the strikers, and I'm just, I'm curious about it. So Adame, Ad, Adi, do you know how to say that one? Adiemi. Adiemi. No name team here. Zero goals this season. Mm. Kai Havertz, four goals. You know I'm not on the Kai Havertz train, Caroline. Yeah, you love him. (laughs) Mukoku, the 17-year-old, six goals this season. And then you get, um, what's this guy's name? Plays for Werder Bremen. Full Krug. Full Krug. Ten goals this season for Werder Bremen. Fantastic season. No international caps. I'm just curious about that group and how they're going to perform. Obviously, around them, the supporting cast is fantastic. Yeah. Sane, Musiala, um, Gnabry, Muller, Muller. Yeah, like uh, there's so if Thomas Muller scores seven goals in this tournament, he will become the all time leading goal scorer. In so World he Cup passes Klose, he would pass him his yeah. good friend Klose, yeah, his buddy. So, wow, yeah, wow. Okay, so now knowing that, I kind of hope that Thomas Muller has a solid run here. I want it for him, I like him, I think he's a good player on the pitch, I think he's silently underrated and also he's he's funny man like he's always posting videos on social media like see you in Bayern Munich Lewandowski with the peace (laughs) sign like I love that like we don't get enough of that in sports that he's just he's awesome to me how about the Mario Goetze redemption tour yeah hasn't played for Germany since 2018 yeah that's a that's a throwback name hey I kind of like he's just kind of forgot about him to be honest (laughs) 
Like, he was part of that great Dortmund team with Hummels, Lewandowski, obviously Goetze as well. Like, who's the, uh, the Japanese guy? Kagawa was on that team. Holy moly. Klopp, obviously. Mm-hmm. And now he's in the World Cup team. Like, what a credit to him and the way he's had to just, like, rebuild his career. Like, he went to PSV for a couple of seasons. Now he's back in Germany with Frankfurt, playing in the Champions League yeah. with Frankfurt. Like, awesome. Like, just so, so good to see him back on the world's biggest stage. I don't know how much of an impact he's really going to have on this team, but the fact he was good enough to make this team is just really good to see, I think. I hope this Germany team does well because when you look at the roster, they're heavily represented by the Bundesliga, and I want... I'm not German, but I want respect on the Bundesliga because I like watching that league so much. I love their fans. I don't think that this that the that German football from a club perspective gets enough respect. So I'd love for this team to do well. Kimmich for me is severely underrated. I think he's an incredible midfielder. He has great vision. He does everything you want him to do in the midfield. He keeps the ball on the ground. He connects his passes. I want him to have a blowout World Cup. Like below, I want people to be like, wow, Kimmich, we didn't give that guy enough credit. Or even the young people to be like, who's Kimmich? Who's this random guy that's not Gavi or Pedri? You know what I mean? Like, give this guy some respect. So I think there is some pressure on him. I think he knows that this is his time to like prove himself. I'm really curious to see what he does for Germany. I think he's going to be like a very big part of that team and and hopefully there's success. I'm very curious to see how this team does. Me too. I don't really have an opinion. I don't. It's so hard to say because... They have a lot of talent, yes, but also they weren't great at the Euros. They haven't been, like, fantastic under Flick since he got there. Last World Cup, not so great either. Tough group. Costa Rica, Japan, who a lot of people are having as, like, their dark horse team this year, which, as Canadian fans, we'll get to see them on Thursday. I don't know a ton about the Japanese team, but people are saying a lot of good things about them, so we'll see. And then also Spain. Like, I don't know. Like, we'll see how this German teams do. I think they're one of those teams that could go to the semifinals, but also one of those teams that could probably lose in the group stage. Kind of like know. It's kind of like how I feel about England in a similar way, if I wasn't so biased. No, I think that you're... Even with your bias, I think you make solid points about England. I'm just very curious. This is how I always feel about England. And then when you watch them in a tournament, unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't go the way you mm-hmm. have expected for them. Yeah. England is the team I'm going to be watching like the most every second of the game. Me too. Yeah, of course. Okay, last (laughs) team, Belgium. I called my dad this morning and I was like, Dad, what's your... Who's the team that you think's going... That's expected to do well and you don't think is going to do as well as they should? He said Belgium, Mm. which some people have winning. Some people have doing really well, but some people are also like... They're not as... I don't know what the word is, shiny, as they have been in the last decade. And that's where I wonder... I don't think I don't think Belgium has what it takes to win. Do I think they're going to do well? Yes, but I don't think that they're going to win. The varnish has worn off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I know they're not as shiny as they used to be. I'm glad you understand what I'm saying. But great team though. Like to me, they have the best player in the world right now, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, they they do. And like you look at the other guys too, like Hazard, Lukaku. I know he doesn't play a lot for Real Madrid, but he's great. Yeah, yeah. Lukaku's good. Goalkeeper's um, unreal. Yeah, Katois Onana's a good one from Everton. He's like 19 or something like that. Let me check. 21, close enough. Uh, <laughs> but then he's <laughs> just defending wise. Like I don't know if I believe in like uh, all the all the how do you say his name, bro? 
Oh my goodness! If, you know, if we need to have leave, Brett on here. If they leave the Premier League for like ten minutes, I just don't know how to say the name. And it's just the, <laughs> like is Roberto Martinez that good of an international manager? Like when he was at Everton and Wigan, he wasn't that great either. Like I think that's the biggest factor for me is like is Martinez good enough to carry this team to where they need to be? And I know they went to the World Cup uh, semi final and finished third at the last one. I just don't believe in him, and it's just. It's just, I don't know. There's a lot going on with this Belgian team. I think they'll ultimately win the group that they're in. They're obviously in Canada's group. But, yeah, I think Courtois might steal them a game or two, depending on how far they can go. He's unreal. He's Probably. He's a- him and... Him, Allison, and Edison are probably the best three goalies yeah. in the world. He's unreal. I think goalkeepers are probably the most critical piece in winning tournaments. Yeah. The, the, when you don't have a goalie... You're, you could have a great team, but you might not get as far as you want. It's yeah. the most important player on the pitch. Definitely. So, yeah, that's how I... Belgium, to me, is also a team that I also find a little low-key intimidating. I don't know. There's something about them that's... Um, they're a super athletic team. Like, they're not afraid to grind. They have talent, but they're not afraid to grind. Yeah, yeah. So... No, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I think I've said this maybe on camera, off camera. All these European teams, I don't think any of them are great. I don't think any of them are great. There's, there's no Spain from the early two, 2010s. There's no Germany when they won. Like, Italy when they won 2006. Like, France, obviously, with Zidane and stuff like in the 90s. I just don't see it. Like, I just don't. I feel like this is a tournament where one of those European teams, if they're going to kind of present themselves to the yeah. world. Whether it's England, France, whoever. Like, Netherlands is probably a good team, too. Like, maybe we'll get to them tomorrow. Yeah. but. There's a lot going on here. I think this is being dominated by Brazil and Argentina. I think they're the best two teams in the tournament. And Europe has got to pick it up. Like like I said, Denmark's probably arguably the best European team in the world right now. I can't wait to see it. I, I agree. Um, tomorrow, So today we kind of went over like what we would say are the top dogs at the World Cup. And tomorrow we'll go over maybe some overrated, underrated opinions on a roster that we didn't reach today. Because there's so much going on <laughs> to fit in almost a one-hour show. But... Yeah, this is crazy. Uh, European team may not win, but that leaves room for Canada. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine Canada qualified for their first World Cup in 36 years and they win it. In a dream world. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That would be a tough one. It, it just <laughs> in a dream world. In a dream it world. It would be awesome. It would be cool. I can think of one other thing that would be better in this World <laughs> Cup if someone else won. Would you really? Yeah, you would take England over Canada. Oh, any day of the week. <laughs> any day of the week. That makes sense. All right, guys. Thank you for listening and watching to Kicked Back presented by Uber One. And we'll be back tomorrow. That's a wrap for another episode of Kicked Back. And thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kicked Back content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.